Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the Goldberg Show, episode 26. Devin, how you doing, man? Doing good. How are you doing? Not too bad. Uh, in this episode, Devin and I are going to discuss the January 6th trial. And the second topic will be gun control. So uh, starting with J6, Devin, I mean, oh, with the committee hearing. Um, did you get much chance to see the first the first uh, day of it? I saw bits and pieces of it. I kind of watched... Uh... I don't want to say the highlights because none of it's really highlights. It's all just craziness and and a lot mm-hmm. of it's hearsay and a lot of, of uh, pushing this agenda that what they did was entirely wrong, which both you and I have talked about before. We're not condoning it, but it's proved to us that the American people are getting sick and tired of the bullshit, you know, just plain right. and simple. Um, so I watched parts, you know, where they, they came after the Proud Boys and, and all that stuff and a bunch of senators and representatives and stuff made themselves look completely and utterly stupid. Right. So. Yeah, um, one of the things is I think people that do have followed up on this is the two Republicans in the committee, Liz Cheney and Mitt Romney. Um, Liz Cheney spoke a lot in it. And one of the things that she was saying how she called out uh, Vice President Mike Pence not to call the military. They called the military during the incident. Um, Bill Barr was being talked about during it as well saying that he clashed with the president's claims over the widespread election fraud. Um, they even brought up Ivanka Trump at one point, saying that she was tied in. I mean, it's just craziness. I mean, the, the so fact that, they didn't bring up Baron Trump in this. They always brought Baron mm-hmm. Trump up and, and everything. Yeah, I mean, it just shows what type of people they are, honestly. But I think the real reason why they're so focused on trying to get something, trying to even do anything about that situation was – to not have Donald Trump run again in twenty four. That's their end. That's their end goal. I think. That's they. They don't even hide that. That's their obviously their end goal. I was actually reading an article this morning. They're talking about, well, is is you know is Joe Biden even going to run in twenty twenty four? Which I thought was interesting, but that's a whole. Oh, other I actually recently just saw a video of ASC, and they asked her a question. Or they asked her a question along if, Biden, if, they, if she thinks Biden is going to run in twenty four. And she, like, totally was just focused on the primary. She's like, actually, uh, I think we're more focused on the primary. And she seems nervous saying that, too. But, uh, she doesn't even know where she is half the time. No, I know. You know? Yeah. If she knows where she is and, and what the angle is to sound the most extremist socialist, I think in her mind she's in a good place mentally and, and I guess, physically in the right place. Right. But, oh, yeah, back to the trial. I mean – I, another thing I think they're trying to focus on is trying to get people's attention off midterms, possibly. Um, they're trying to just stir – I mean, we know the media. They like to make up these stories and try to keep people's attention to the TV screens. And I think that's also another goal of theirs is trying to stir up more problems, trying to get people to clash with each other. And I think enough people at this point have realized that we're fed up with it and we're not going to listen to the things they say. See, but I was I was reading something this morning, actually, you know, after I woke up and I was eating a bowl of cereal and stuff. I was reading this article that the the audience of what they're expecting and what's actually happening for these January 6th, I guess if you want to call them trials or storytelling or whatever you want to call it, is significantly lower than they expected. And they were actually talking about it. When asked about it, they were just, you know, saying the random things like, you know, well, at least we're putting the truth out. You know, at least people are getting to see the things that happened. Mm-hmm. And 
I mean, it's it's we always call them witch hunts. You know, it's yeah. something they did every time they try to get Tropic Beach. To me, at this point, it's done. It's over. Why are we still chasing? You know, down this rabbit hole. It's over. Yeah. It nothing really came to it. You know, there was a uh, Capitol police officer that testified. Her name was Carolyn Edwards, and uh, quote unquote, she goes was called Nancy Pelosi's dog, called it incompetent, called a hero and a villain, was called a traitor. This is what she's saying under The traitor under one's oath. true. Yeah. Um, I was called a traitor under my country, my oath, and my constitution, and actually I was none of these things. I was American standing face-to-face with other Americans, asking my, asking myself many, many times, how have we gotten here? And so, like I said, I think the whole thing with the J6 trial is they're just trying to get people angry, like, to clash with each other. They're trying to get the American people to get more round up with each other because I truly believe that they're trying to come after us, and they're just waiting until they find a weak point. It's not so much that – I mean, I, what you're saying is absolutely correct. I think, I think personally a little differently. I think that they're realizing now that the division in this country is dying down, so they're trying to bring that division back. As we've right. seen, you know – for probably the last over 20 years, the Democrats get their power and their authority from division in the country. They could point and they can blame it at the conservatives and the Republicans. But if you look back on all these policies that have happened under Obama, what's happened so far under Biden, all these things have happened because of division that's been both forced upon and been forced upon through fallacies, which, right, right. As, as you know as well as I do, that's, that's the way that they get their changes done. They freak mm-hmm. out the entire group. By group, I mean, you know, the entire Americans, and they just they do these things just like coronavirus, you know, Black Lives Matter, all that stuff, and that's how they get the changes that they want through scaring people in the division of our country. Right. Yeah, I mean, you, that was a great point, and I mean, we're starting to see more and more just celebrities, not even celebrities, just high names, people starting to come out politically. I mean. <clears throat> We had the Washington Commander's defensive coordinator who came out and publicly spoke about the J6 trial. Devin, do you have that video, actually, of uh, his name? Oh, I do. Jack Del Rio. Oh, no, the Washington Commander's. Mm-hmm. He actually just got fined $100,000 Yeah. Um, for calling it a dust-up. I'm going to try to find the video, though. There's a video of him. Oh, here you go. I'll send you the link because I don't know how to... Let's see. I'm going to send you the link, Devin. But, yeah, I mean, more and more people nowadays are starting to realize the joke. They're just this, they're just seeing through the eyes, essentially. Like, they could see, like, okay, this is actually ridiculous. Why are we not, like, why are we not talking about inflation? Why are we not talking about gas prices? Why are we not talking about the important things that are going on? Why are we talking about J6? I mean, why is that in our media? You know what I mean? Like like we keep saying, like we've already known, it's just it's bringing up old things to, to smoke and mirror everything else going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, plain and simple, no one's surprised by it. Everyone knows that that's happening. Right. And I think I'm more gonna, people I'm are... going to pop up this video for you here. And I think a lot more here? people are starting to realize, like especially over the years, I think a lot more people since 2018 compared to now have a lot more have a lot less trust in the media than they did back then. 
I think more people in, during the election of 2020 had more trust in the media exponentially than what they do now. Because as we as we have seen these past events occur during the Biden presidency, we more people understand that the media is not talking about them. And like you said in previous episodes, the economy, the way the economy is shaped right now, it's affecting everybody, and yet the media has not bring, brought up any of these any of these topics. Here is uh, Jack Del Rio talking about. Um, that comment. Put out a couple things. And I'm curious from your perspective, just like, how do you balance? Do you, do you want to have your voice? Do you want to have say things versus how could it play out out here? Anything that I ever say or write, I'd be comfortable saying or write in front of everybody that I work with, players and coaches. So, uh, I express myself as, as an American. Um, we have that ability. I love this country. And, um, you know, I believe what I believe, and I, I've said what I want to say. And every now and then there's some people that um, get offended by it. Uh, it's a whole news cycle, so I guess uh, Mike Florio picked something up today and talked about it. It's not the first time Mike and I have disagreed about things. That's okay. Um you know, but um, it's, that's pretty much it. There's not not a whole lot to it. Um, but what I am excited about is what's going on right now with us and, and the way we're working. You know, so football questions uh, be where I'd like to focus. If anybody else wants to talk about other things, we can set something out at, an, at another time. That's kind of how I, how I see it. <laughs> Just for clarification. <laughs> Why is it not important to you, like, if your players are concerned by, by what you'd said? Oh, if they are and, and they want to talk about it, I'd talk about it with anybody. Yeah, no problem I, at any time. But uh, but they're not. I'm just expressing myself. And uh, I think we all as Americans have the right to express ourselves, especially if you're being respectful. I'm being respectful. I just asked a simple question. Really, did I? Let's get right down, down to it. What did I ask? A simple question. Why are we not looking into those things? If we're going to talk about it. Why are we not looking into those things? Because it's kind of hard for me to say I can realistically look at it. I see the images on TV. People's livelihoods are being destroyed. Businesses are being burned down. No problem. And then we have a dust up at the Capitol. Well, there's no, nothing burned down. And we're not going to talk about We're going to make that a major deal. I just think it's kind of two standards. And if we apply the same standard and we're going to be reasonable with each other, let's have a discussion. That's all it was. Let's have a discussion. We're Americans. Let's talk it through. I'm for, I'm for us, you know, having a great opportunity to have a fulfilled life. Uh, like I said, every, way, every which way I can, when I'm here, it's about love and respect. I love my guys. I respect my guys. Uh, but I also love the fact that I'm an American, and that means I'm free to express myself. And I'm not afraid to do that. So, um, yeah, you, you mentioned that you got fined $100,000 for $100, those $100,000. How crazy off, is that? 
I don't know how, like, how is that even realistically possible? I mean, that totally violates the First Amendment. Am I right? Am I right? I mean, yeah. We, I mean, my I biggest thing I, about this, we've talked about this off mic, is in the contracts that these coaches and these players sign, mm-hmm. how much are they signing away that their freedom of speech? How many? I mean, how many of these stipulations do they have? You know, I never saw Kaepernick getting fined like this for kneeling. You know, I've never seen any other players getting fined like this for saying anything else against Trump, about January 6th, anything like that. We've never seen fines. But this, you know, older white male who's probably conservative is going to be the, the scapegoat of talking out politically. And that just, that just pisses me off. So you know, if you look at it, he was sincere. He was sincere in everything he said. Right. No, 100%. He was sincere and. Um, from what I'm saying, I guess the team find them, so or the organization did. Maybe it was the NFL committee, and I mean, it was, it was the, the committee. NFL find them. Okay, so maybe I mean I don't know how serious Jack Del, Del Rio is going to take it, but I mean you could possibly even fight that in court saying it was the freedom of speech. Like I just unless there's something in there, I mean I don't see something in the NFL committee's rule book saying oh. You can't say such and such on political events. Like, I don't know. I mean, if it were me and I was someone like Jack Del Rio, who's been a successful coach for many years, some years unsuccessful, obviously, as most coaches have had, right. $100,000 to him probably isn't that much to him. It's worth making the, uh, I don't know, the sacrifice, I would call it, to prove mm-hmm. that speaking out should not, if it's punished, is an, is an applicable thing. You, I mean, you shouldn't be scared to speak your mind by getting fined. So, Dan, right. I think he's going to just kind of knowing him a little bit as a coach and as a person before us, I think he's going to take this and set an example for not only his players and coaches now, but future coaches and players as well. Sure. Um, and everything that he did say regarding the BOM rights compared to the January 6th right is 100% true. I mean, we've seen so many small town, small, just small owned businesses burned and looted, people's homes destroyed. And we didn't see that happen on J6. And yet everyone wants to make up such a big, big old fuss about J6 whenever <clears throat> this was going on for months at a time during 2020 summer. I mean, I like to call it the summer of love. <laughs> I mean, So I think if, if we break down the, the differences between what happened on January 6th and the things that happened during the riots of of Michael Brown and all those types of ordeals, right. humongously different. You know, oh, we're talking about they were burning down and looting and destroying things that had nothing to do with the cause. Absolutely. The people in January 6th, they went into the Capitol where a lot of these problems have been started and never been finished and are the basis of a lot of our problems. And, I mean, peacefully is an ambiguous term for this. They didn't kill anyone. They didn't go in there with the intention of destroying the Capitol. They went there to prove to the government that when time comes, if we're sick and tired of this shit, that we are fully capable of doing the things that we say that we can do, which is overthrowing the Capitol. They didn't go in there, you know, trying to kill Pelosi as much as we joke about that had been a great outcome of this. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't go in there to destroy things. They went in there to prove to the government that this is the shit that you're going to deal with when you piss off the people. Yes. And I even brought up this example in our previous January 6th episode, Devin, is that, um, during the BLM riots, I think there was like 35 to 40 deaths with all combined riots. And then at the J6 riot, it was five people. One happened to be a police officer, but it was because of a heart attack. 
and then the other four happen to be Trump supporters. But none of them, they're all but one, <clears throat> all but one were medical issues. I mean, it was mm-hmm. either caused by heart attack or stroke, and then the one lady, unfortunately, was shot. But um, like we've seen during the summer of 2020 was people getting beaten. What are we like, beaten? I mean, sticks over the head. I mean, on, on things that looked like a third world country would happen then. You know, another thing that I just thought of as you're talking about what you call the summer of love, um, when you look at the difference also between what we saw on January 6th and what we see in the BLM riots is there wasn't just white people at these January 6th riots. You saw right. people of all colors and all people that are fighting for the same thing. Mm-hmm. Now, these BLM riots, you see all you see the predominantly these minorities, African-Americans and things like that, that were destroying things in their very communities. Right. In essence, they were destroying their own community, which completely is counterintuitive to everything that they were trying to accomplish. The things that we were trying to accomplish, I shouldn't say we, the things that the people at January 6th were trying to accomplish is something that everyone advantages from. The the understanding of the government that you can't screw with the people for that long. And that's another right. great great point that I wish our listeners would, uh, or I hope our listeners can take a little bit of uh, hindsight into. Yeah, 100. I mean, you, that was a great point you just brought up. And, I mean, just one other thing about both instances, I mean, like you said, uh, the community it was affecting, they tore down their own community. And what help does that bring whatsoever? I mean, you just said it perfectly drawn down the line. And, um, yeah, uh, everything of J6, though, I think we know that the FBI, in my opinion, was involved. I mean, there was a confirmed FBI agent. There was a snapshot. I forget his name. I can look it up. But I guarantee there was people that were in the government involved trying to make it look like a bad scene, if that makes sense. Like, for example, they said there was a pipe bomb laid. But during a video surveillance, they couldn't find who found it. I mean, come on. I really think that someone in the government placed that bomb just to try to make it look like a bad image. See, I mean, you could speculate a lot of things. You know, they could speculate. That's just my opinion. To be, yeah, and I get that. I'm just, but people speculate, you know. People said that, you know, I, I read somewhere, I don't know where it was, but um, that, that when this happened, someone had threatened to bring a tank into the Capitol building. Who you know, said you, this? I mean, people are going to speculate. I read it on some Twitter post or something like that. When this was happening, like days after this happened, someone's like, well, I heard that someone was going to bring a tank into the Capitol. You know, the speculation of that is, is to me, just becomes a fallacy about it, you know? Right. Um, like you said, you said that someone said they, were, they saw a pipe bomb. You know, it could right, have just been right. a piece of PVC pipe. You know, so half the population doesn't know what a pipe bomb looks like or what it does or the chemistry behind it. So, I mean, that's just, just trying to build up problems where there is no problems. Unless someone directly came out and said, I had a bite bomb there on January 6th, then there's, there's, it's not going to succumb to it. Well, that was something that they were trying to bring up, especially. They're like, oh, there's a pipe bomb. We're trying to find out who planted it. This was during the J6 time. But I personally believe that someone inside the government planted that bomb just to put out a bad, make, it the, make the situation look, just give it a bad picture. Like well, I mean, is there, is there actual pictures or, or any evidence that there was? Because I agree with you on the premise that some of the government could have said there was a pipe bomb when there was no pipe bomb. You know, just I think I, there I was. agree with you Hold on, on that. Um, pipe bomb January. Yeah. Um, hold on. 
Capital right, pipe bombs found on January 6th, replaced the night. I mean, again, this is coming from CNN. But, yeah, I mean, they did find pipe bombs. And they have a picture. Oh, if you look up, yeah, if you look up an image or go on Google, type in pipe bomb J6, they have images of the suspect and then two pipe bombs in the case. Two pipe bombs in a case. Wow, I'll have to look that up. So, so someone wearing a mask speaking. with a hoodie up and gloves. Absolutely. Yep. It just shows a picture of someone with a bag. I don't. There is no. Oh nope. There it is right there. Just a picture of someone with a bag. There is no. Well, no, there but there's no mul- there's multiple pipe bombs laid. Right, yeah. but I'm saying that this committee, the J6 committee, is trying to say that there are multiple bombs placed out throughout DC during J6. Mm-hmm. That's what they're trying to say. They're saying, Which, oh, there's I mean, pipe bombs. It's really possible. Oh, I mean, yeah, for 100%. Or it could just be all just taking a fo- going on a photo shoot saying exactly what you said. Taking photos saying, oh, these were there, but they weren't actually there. Yeah, I mean, we'll never, we'll never know the real story right. about what happened. And that's the biggest problem with me by them bringing this back up is... We're not going to have any real details come out about this that add to the story. You know, mm-hmm. everything that's that happened has happened. All the details that we're going to have have already been shared. They've right. already been, you know, either omitted or submitted to the, the press. Well, also you know what one mean? thing about the committee is it's so one sided. I mean, they're not even giving the other side. Like, I mean, I think it was all set up from the first place. But again, they're just bringing up the negative. I mean, I don't know what they're like. I don't know. It's all just a joke to me, man. The J6 committee. It's 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 just unbelievable that they're actually trying to do it. And um, like I said, I think, one, their end game goal for the whole thing is to disallow Donald Trump to re- have the possibility of rerunning in 2024. So I get what you're saying, kind of, to maybe put a bad mouth – or, sorry, a bad taste in the, in the voters' mouth comes yes. – you know, 24, you know, absolutely. to have this be fresh on people's minds instead of letting it die off that. I mean, that is, that is a very likely point, mm-hmm. but as we've seen, you know, I wouldn't push that. I would not push that. I would not put that thing past them sure. to do that kind of stuff. Right. You know, to freshen, to freshen a wound up to, to attack a person that is at this point, helpless. Trump's not doing anything. He's a helpless victim at this point. Right. You know, he's not right. tweeting anymore. I mean, they're just going after him just have because you, have, they know that he is a danger to them. Have you got his new uh, True Social app? I have not yet. We keep oh. talking about it. I keep forgetting to do it. Oh, I'm my sure gosh. we'll do one and we'll start a Goldberg Show Truth one. I've been, oh, I so have we'll, I have a personal account that I've been on there now for about two months. And the crazy thing about it is I actually – it took me like so – I was on a waiting list for like two two months. So I downloaded the app today – uh, drop, released. Hey, kitty. And um, the, and then I was on a waiting list, and I was like numbered like two hundred thousand or something. And I know people that were like over a million. And uh, sorry about my cat; he's a little talkative one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, where was I at? Oh, True Social. But yeah, he's been. Very, very vocal on that app, and he's been saying a lot about the trial, a lot about everything that's going on, and it's nice that 
I don't know. I'm not saying I trusted everything Donald Trump said, but I trust him when it comes down to calling out the deep state and everything, if, if you know what I'm saying. I mean, it was basically him just trying to start his own social media platform Oh, because I, he was getting yeah. off of Twitter. And I, and think I trust what he says. Everything about the government is true. Like, I think he calls out the like, – I, I truly do believe a lot of what he says. What I just said saying I don't trust everything. Let me take that back. I trust a lot of what he has said because a lot of it's starting to come to light. I mean, he's he's been pretty spot on with a lot of things. Absolutely. A lot of things he said that, you know, especially about the economy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. inflation, everything we're going to have, it's probably more than he was thinking, to be honest with you. But that, like I said, we oh, talked yeah. about that talk, you know, that there's no point in beating a dead horse at this point. But, right, uh, right. I'll have to definitely try it out and they'll have to get a Goldberg show going. So when we get that okay. going, we'll have to give everyone a, a notice about it so they can follow that. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely, absolutely. Because Twitter. Just wasn't working out. You know, we got Instagram, Twitter. we got YouTube, Twitter. we got Facebook. I never got on Twitter since 2020, okay? Let me make myself clear. That terrible yeah. server banned me. Every they time. banned me. I'm surprised. Because I, I was – and for people that don't know, don't know was I got banned from Twitter for asking que- – oh, let me, let me say this carefully. I wasn't being the nicest person about the BOM riots. I was just calling out their bullshit. And I could have said, I guess I could say I was saying it aggressively. Not by all means, nothing that I said was racist, which they were saying some of my things were. And that I was, I forget what else. They were saying that I was being over aggressive with my tweets. And really, I was just, I was pissed off by what was going on. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of people that was pissed off. And I was basically calling out their bullshit. Oh, 100%. I was fucking calling out their bullshit. Saying, oh, and look, here's my biggest thing about BLM. I support the cause for it 100%, but I do not support the organization. I think the people in the organization are corrupt, and they are backstabbing. I mean, we know this. They've bought themselves mansions. And how many dollars went towards the actual organization for the cause, for the cause, quote, unquote? We'll never know how much actually goes towards it. There's no, I mean, there's no history record of them actually using the money for what they said they were going to use it for. I mean, and I'll just leave that at that. But uh, let's switch over to our other topic, gun control. Um, Devin, you want to start this one out? Oh, man. So we're talking a little bit about the Uvalde shooting. Um, mm-hmm. This this whole thing was just crazy. Um, when I heard about it, I, I kind of understood how this was going to go down, that we were going to get bits and pieces from the media as things got twisted a little bit and as things got – not only twisted as in like a false narrative, but I mean twisted as in like, you know, getting everything the way it actually was and, and take out all the fallacies about right. everything that was going on. Um, so I just just a couple of quick little points here. And I reading up on this when I was after I was talking to you about it, I read up on this. Uh, September of twenty twenty one, the shooter asked his sister to help him buy a gun. Before turning eighteen, the shooter asked his sister to help him buy a gun. She refuses. Um, and then March first through the third the gunman sends messages back and forth on Instagram about firearms. Um, March 14th, gunman makes Instagram post. The gunman holds up Insta- – sorry, the gunman makes an Instagram post with the caption, 10 more days. A user comments, are you going to shoot up the school or something? The shooter replies, no, and stop asking dumb questions, and you'll see. Investigators didn't specify what the post consisted of. 
March 16th through March 20th, shooter purchases guns and ammunition. The shooter purchases, the, sorry, the shooter turns 18, the legal age for purchasing a rifle in Texas. On March 16th, the shooter then legally purchases two AR platform rifles from a federal firearm licensee on two days, March 17th and March 20th. He, stopped, he also buys 375 rounds of 5.56 caliber ammunition. Two to three, which is the same for those of you who don't know what that is. Um, around 11 o'clock on May 24th, the day of the shooting, the shooter sends a Facebook message. The shooter sends private Facebook messages to a girl in Germany he met online and tells her about his plan to shoot his grandmother. The gunman shoots his grandma in the face, who then calls the police. The shooter steals his grandmother's vehicle and drives from his home to Rob Elementary School, which is about a two-mile drive away. And then it just it just breaks down after that into, you know, the events that happened. So sure. 11.28, he arrives at the school. Um, at 11.30, a teacher calls 911. A teacher at the elementary school makes a 911 call reporting the crash and seeing the shooter noting he has a gun. Shooter walks through the school parking lot at 11.31. 11.33, the shooter enters the school. And the, the back part about this, let me back up one time here. A school district police officer speeds in the direction of a person they think is the man with the gun, reporting by the teacher, but drives past the gun and heads to the back of the school, mistaking a teacher for the shooter. So that's strike one on our law enforcement officers about this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, at 11.35, the police enter the school. At 11.37, the gunman fires 16 more shots. 11.43... Rob Elementary and Uvalde Police post on Facebook about the event. 11.44, police officers are inside. 11.48, officer's wife is shot. 11.51, more police arrive. 11.54, onlooker starts filming, and there's a video if you'd like to find it. Um, It's a live Facebook video. 12.03 p.m., police arrive. Uh, Student call find one from inside. Call back at 12.10, and it just keeps going and going and going until 12.15, when the Border Patrol tackle arrives, and then that's when the person who saves this whole ordeal um, is the man who actually actually ends up shooting the gunman. Wow. So it was almost 45 minutes that the gunman was inside, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's what's crazy to me. Yeah. And another question was, which starts back at the beginning of the timeline that you mentioned was, I think it was about a four-day window. But So the gunman asked his sister to purchase him an AR? Yep, and um, let me get back to that date here. Hmm. It's at the very top. There was a lot of scrolling there to get you guys that information. Uh, September 2021. It does not give an exact day of that. Oh, okay. So maybe he wasn't 18. Yeah, he did not turn 18 until... Let me get back to it here. Uh, March 16th, it says he turned 18. So let's break down and let's talk about a little bit about how you bought two AR-15s. It just okay. says AR platforms, actually. It doesn't say AR-15s. Um, and it, it kind of goes off on a fallacy a little bit about two AR platforms and 575 um, rounds of ammo. Mm-hmm. Yes, 18 is the legal age to buy an AR in Texas. And every state's legal, 18 is the age. Right. So if you want to talk about that a little bit, how you feel about that from a gun control standpoint, 18-year-olds being able to buy what they call assault weapons, high-capacity assault weapons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and both, it's, both of us own ARs. We know how they are, and they're not what the media cuts them out to be. Oh, no. I think they're one of the most simple 
it's one of the more simpler guns. I mean, it's just two pieces, and the way to operate them is not very hard whatsoever. But I want to talk about, so he said some comment you said on social media about a school shooting. Okay. He did. So, so I can get to that. Uh, there was an Instagram post on March 14th, Okay. two days before he turned 18. Two days, okay. So and it that's says, very... the, the gunman makes an Instagram post with the caption, 10 more days. I use your comments, are you going to shoot up the school or something? The shooter replies, no, and stop asking dumb questions and you'll see. Is what was posted on Instagram on March 14th. So I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Social Network, but it's basically about how the government can tap into conversations very easily just by the sense of something being typed like that. Like if something's typed like that, there's an algorithm program. that. Yeah. Is, so it basically just goes to the government. And here, here it all wires back down to the FBI. If the FBI was doing their job, they would investigate this early on. And it goes back to my point saying the FBI is a joke. <coughs> and it falls on to this exact reason. I mean – if the FBI was actually in their job, they would obviously see when this comment was said, like within seconds. I mean, ever since JFK got assassinated, that's whenever stuff like this started popping up. And I mean, also, I mean, the FBI is a joke because I mean, there's a lot we could talk about. A lot the JFK assassination, Watergate, etc. I don't want to get too off track. But back to my original stance is they could have investigated this before. Like before he even committed the crime that he did, they could start going to the house, talking to his parents, bring up the issue. You know what I mean? They could send detectives over once they've seen a comment like that posted on social media. Yeah, and it's, it kind of goes back to the Patriot Act thing where we got mm-hmm. the NSA the, to kind of overlook these things. And as conservatives, we don't want the, the government looking over, like things we're doing right now, like talking about it, looking things up. Right. Well, they insist that having that power and the facilities to do that stops things like this, but it didn't. Which, which begs the question: Then why would you let them do it? If they can't even prevent something like this, when there was two different situations, both on Facebook and Instagram, to stop a situation like this, why do we continue to allow them to do this? To do this mass surveillance on just the American people and, and across the world as well. Yeah. NSA doesn't just look at American people's internet. They look at the entire world's internet. Right. Right. But, again, I mean, it should have never gotten to the point it did. And then some could argue, okay, it's buying two ARs. and five, You said it was 500 rounds? Uh, let me get back to it. I think it was 375 rounds. I think is it, was this all at one purchase? Like, did he buy the two guns and the rounds all These at are between. It says between two days, between okay. 16th and the 20th. At two different occasions, he bought two ARs and 375 rounds of 5.56. Okay. So here's my big thing. I am all for, obviously, the Second Amendment. I, if I think that if anything should be changed, and this is my cold-hearted theory, is before you buy a firearm, before you're going to own your first weapon, you must go through a safety and concealed and carry class. If they want to change anything, I am okay with them saying that. Before you buy a gun, you must go through a safety class and a concealed and carry class. That way you properly know how to own a firearm. They can do your background check, but then then. But that would See, be to my me, that's thing. just that's overstretching. Just you know, a, a safety class, though. When our forefathers wrote the Second Amendment, they put it set on list because it was second priority to them, okay? Right. And that may be some kind of super mega ultra conservative 
you know, rite of passage, as I've heard it being called. But there's a reason why it was second on their list, okay? Everyone should be able to do that. Whether, and it's stupid as it may sound, really think about this. Who is to say that a person is qualified or unqualified to own a firearm? No. Because if someone is unqualified to own a firearm, and I am a qualified firearm owner and enthusiast and someone who carries a firearm, from the time I walk out this door to the time I walk back in my house at the end of the day, I carry a 9 millimeter. I have the facilities to stop someone that is unqualified or dangerous with that. But that person should not be discriminated on because they are unqualified by someone's standard. When we start telling people they're unqualified to own firearms, then no one will be able to own guns at the end. That's my opinion. I respect your opinion. I'm sure a lot of people agree with you. I'm just stating my opinion on the subject. Sure. As we've seen, things get voted in. And, you know, I'm sure at the beginning, driver's licenses weren't supposed to have a driving test. You just were supposed to pass the test. And now you have to have all these things just to get your driver's license. Right. Once you you give – a, a right to the government, they don't ever give it back. There's not a right that we've ever seen in American history that we've given the government and we've gotten back. That's true. That's very true. So, Devin, do we have the video? I think you're the one that showed me it. It was of the Louisiana man talking about um, about responsible gun owners and how our rights are being attacked. And yeah, it was in Louisville, Kentucky. Is there oh, I, a, I, can post it, I can post it on the Instagram. All right. Is it, can we, Instagram. Okay. Is, could we play that video on the stream, actually? Um, I, I had, don't have it loaded up at all. Okay. I'd have to. I'd have to save it. I can. I can add it to the the bookmark of this. Okay. But yeah. So basically, um, Devin, correct me if I'm wrong. The rundown of that video, though, he basically, it's a citizen of was it Kentucky? Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky. Okay, out of Louisville, Kentucky, and he said. That basically, why is it that responsible gun owners, because there's hundreds of us, millions of us out there, why is it that we are the ones being attacked whenever something unresponsible happens? Is that, and, did I say that right? Yeah, he goes he goes off pretty hard. I mean, I didn't go as deep as what this band goes, but whenever something bad happens, it's always them coming after the good people, it seems like. And, and that's just the way it's going to be. They're going to keep attacking mm-hmm. responsible gun owners for the things that the criminals do. He says in the video, every time a shooting happens, you want to put the blood at my feet as a responsible gun owner instead of putting it at the shooter's feet. Right. You know, when, when, and it's, it's a really juvenile way to kind of say it, but when you really think about it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. When someone drinks and drives, they blame it on the person, not on the car. Right. But when a shooter that wrongfully kills someone... They don't blame the person, they blame it on the gun. And that's the right. problem that a lot of Americans are getting at. Law-abiding Americans are sick and tired of it being about the guns and not about the mental health of people and just the, the want to hurt that people have to other people. Right. And People are going to hurt each other whether they have firearms or not. Because mm-hmm. guess what? If, we, if people can't get their hands on firearms, people are just going to start running people over with cars and stabbing people <laughs> and poisoning people and stuff. People that want to do harm onto people are going to find other ways to do it. Right. And I mean, you can can move to Portland, Oregon, and all those things go on every night. Or Chicago, New York. I mean, basically any Democrat-ran city at this point is just a total war zone. Well, Chicago has the most stringent gun laws, and they are one of the most dangerous places to live in the entire world. And even California, for instance. California has, as we know, the strictest gun laws it gets. 
but yet um, it's still one of the highest crime rate crime rated states. It just two and two doesn't add up. If that makes sense. Strict gun laws do not prevent do not criminals. Do not laws. prevent criminals yes. from causing an act. And that's what people need to understand is what we just said. You know, to kind to kind of close up this this talking about firearms thing is the thing that is when you outlaw guns, the law-abiding citizens aren't going to have the firearms, but the criminals are. Just like right. we talk about drugs, meth and heroin, everything are illegal. People still get it. When you outlaw guns, you make law-abiding people outlaws because those people are not going to turn in their firearms. Mm-hmm. In that video we were just talking about, he said, I'll come in, I'll turn my firearms in. The people on the other side of town, the Bloods and the Crips, they're not going to turn their firearms in. And guess who's going to have to pay for it when they break my house and shoot me with these firearms? Me. You're, you're making the law-abiding citizen, someone who's never committed a heinous crime in their entire life, to pay for it. And that's right. the thing that my biggest problem with it is. And right, you take and guns from criminals, or from people in general, the criminals are not going to give up their firearms. Yeah. And then it circles back to the whole of them trying to destroy, I think, I think the government trying to divide the country again. But um, as far as the gun laws, I mean, we've seen this happen over many years, them trying to restrict gun laws. And it always runs to the Supreme Court and nothing happens. I mean, I, I'm not too worried about it whatsoever. But it's, when are people going to learn? Um, that's a hard question to answer. People are never really going to learn. As long as we continue to, to preach to our kids the one-sided, you know, agenda that firearms are bad, okay, mm-hmm. that it's never going to go away. Right. I've been, I've been on firearms since, you know, the day that my dad said, listen, if you're going to start shooting firearms, you're going to have all of your toy guns because guns are not toys. These are real things. These are tools. So mm-hmm. I was probably six years old the first time I shot a firearm. So I'm 24 now. That's, what is that, 18 years? Right. So, and I've never done anything against anyone with a firearm because I was properly taught the way to handle and safely secure and transfer firearms. Yes. You know, and kids, when kids aren't taught that, it's something that is scary to them. Right. So I told we teach kids just basic gun safety and take bring it back into schools or bring it back into just, just the common sense logics. Yeah. You know, we saw, I showed you the other day. A guy shot himself with a leg because he was playing with a handgun because he had no idea how to deal with it. You know exactly yeah. what video I'm talking about. Yes. Um, hey, can you bring? I, can we? Can we share that YouTube video you showed me? Can yeah. we show our viewers that actually? I don't think we can show that on the podcast. That's pretty bad. So basically, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll explain it. There was a guy who was in the back of some kind of he's on Ultima or something, and he's like, you know, you got you got to clean this, bitch. you got to clean this. So good luck. <laughs> You have to pull the trigger and drop the slides to, to clean it. Well, he didn't check the chamber, which we talked about proper gun safety, and he had it on his leg. So when he pulled the slide back and pulled the trigger, shot himself right in the leg. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just laugh at stupidity. <laughs> but man. You can look it up. It's the, the, the Charles Darwin. It's by AK-47 guy on YouTube. We absolutely but, cannot show it because we will be censored on YouTube if we share that video. <laughs> There was at one point, though, uh, it was, um, sorry, I lost train of thought again. I'm so tired. 
there was at one point the house is trying to impose a bill. It was like a thousand percent, a thousand percent tax bill. Um, I don't think it's going to pass the Senate even, I mean, but it's something to talk about briefly, but they're trying to impose this bill, which would realistic mean. So if a gun costs a thousand dollars, then it could go up to 10 grand or even more. It would be like almost 20 grand they're imposing. So that's a thousand dollars be 17 to 20,000 dollars, which is crazy. Well, it's just more more shit they're pulling out of their ass to, to, to try to, to punish firearm owners. Right. You know, you know. I don't. If you ever done, if you've never done research into the nineteen nineties, the Clinton ban on assault weapons. You know, that's just as crazy. Right. As long as time you couldn't own certain amount of firearms. I mean, we've seen but, it in our past in like the early early eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. Lots to do. Oh, I forget what. What was it? The Revolutionary War, wasn't it? In 1776. Yeah, I mean, we've seen this happen. Like whenever you come, whenever the government tries to take too much control. But also something I've seen, Devin, is there's over 300 million gun owners. Try taking all of them, and it's not. I mean, you're gonna have police lives in danger. It's just I don't think that it's a very good idea to try to go after, especially law-abiding citizens and try to punish them for something that doesn't fall under their realm. Back in World War II, and this is my final point on this, back in World War II, they asked the Japanese general why he ne- they never invaded America. And you know what his words were? What's that? Because there's a fire mine every blade of grass. Hmm, I love that. I really like that. But, yep, uh, is there anything else you'd like to add in on this episode, Devin? Nope, just people do your research. Yeah. If you don't know much about firearms... Take a class. Go out Absolutely. learn about it. You know, call a friend you know that's good about it. Learn about it. They're not yes. scary. They're, people see these ARs and they think they're scary because they're on, you know, on TV shows and stuff. They're not scary. They're, it's a twenty-two caliber rifle. Okay, it's mm-hmm. not dangerous. You know, it's just do your research before you go out here and you and you spread these fallacies and all this stuff about firearms in general. Do your research first. If you've never shot a firearm, you can't say. What is or is bad about it? Right. So. All right. And if everyone that is watching this video on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Me and Devin will love that for our channel. And then if you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify, if you guys could please subscribe. And, yeah, I think this is a good episode, Devin. I think. Send any questions, topics, anything. We'd love to. Yes, 100%. Oh, and me and Devin are happy to announce that. We got two interviews coming up, one of Wendy Hausman, and then the next one with Claire Kaskin. Wendy is running for state representative, and Claire Kaskin is running for a seat for District 63 in Wentzville. So excited to have both of them on and get to talk to both of them and and pick their brains about just the current states of political affairs. Super, super excited for it. Yes, so I hope you guys are ready for those interviews. But with that being said, uh, me and Devin will talk to you guys next time. See you next time.